Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 41 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I want to start out with a question. So under what circumstances would you decide to give birth at home? What about in the hospital? So today's episode is going to explore this idea as we delve into Rhiannon's birth stories. Rhiannon experienced two lackluster births in the hospital, one of which was very aggressive in nature. And so it was at this point that she decided to learn more about birth. And after finding out she was pregnant with her third, Rhiannon reached out to a midwife. She was so excited to begin care until she found out some unexpected news. So stick with us. I'm, I'm sure the title gave it away anyway, but we'll just delve on into this story and uh, you can see where it goes. Um, before we do that, I do want to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners. And this is a younger listener, Maya Siebold. She is a 10-year-old who listens to the Happy Home Birth podcast with her mother, Amber, who we will be hearing from later on this coming year. Um, so Maya, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And Amber, actually, if you will just send me a message with your address, I will send you guys a Happy Home Birth sticker. Um, so guys, I appreciate all of the reviews on iTunes. You know that they really help with the show. So please keep those up. I'm super appreciative. Also, if you would take a screenshot or a selfie of you listening to this episode, episode, uh, and, um, post it to your Instagram stories, then I will be sure to share it on mine. The other thing that I did want to mention is I have started doing some Facebook lives. So that, that happened this past Friday. That was the first time. And we're going to continue that on, um, delving into originally, we started talking about pain management and how we do that outside of the hospital without medication. So we're going to be discussing that. There are a few other topics that I know people are really interested in, in discussing. Um, so I also would love for you to join my email list. You can do that on the website, myhappyhomebirth.com. And that way you can just reply to me and tell me exactly what it is that you want to discuss. And um, we will make that happen. So all of that being said, I please remember as we hop on into this interview that the opinions of myself and my guest do not necessarily reflect one another's. Does that make any sense? Um, and also neither one of us are medical providers. So this does not take place of your doctor or your midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. So let's sit back and enjoy this interview with Rhiannon. Rhiannon, thank you so much for coming on Happy Home Birth. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to share my stories. Oh, I'm so unique stories. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear them. If you wouldn't mind, would you start off by just introducing yourself to the listeners? Yeah, so I'm Rhiannon Edwards. I have five children. I'm a home birth mom and a doula in the Kansas City area. I have had kind of like, I want to say like almost every kind of birth you can possibly have, um, of just having like my, like the typical story of, I had like hospital births and then got a little bit more educated from those experiences and moved on to do something a little bit different. And so here I am now to kind of share that with you. 
Wow, that's amazing. And so you said that you also are a birth worker. So what came first? Were you did you start giving birth and then kind of fall into that birth worker um, life, or were you already working in this area? Yeah. So after the birth of my second baby, which was actually very healing from my first one, I then decided that I was going to attend like childbirth education classes a little bit late, but I wanted to, I had the experience of my body taking over and pushing with my first, with my second and being told you need to stop pushing. And so that made me say, okay, why was my body doing that? Like, why couldn't I stop pushing? And so I kind of got into childbirth education and learning more. And then I was, I was pretty young. I mean, I was 17, 18 when my first two were born and I just kind of came out of it. Like, why is there no one around to help moms have babies? Like, why was there no one there with me telling me what's going on and, and helping me get through this? And I like to say in that moment, I grew the heart of a doula and later on realized like, that's a thing. I can do that. I can be that person. And there are doulas out there that do exactly what I want to do. Oh, that's so cool. I love how that ties together. Well, if you don't mind, you, you talk about how you were relatively young when you had your first. What was that like? Could you tell us what your pregnancy and birth experience with your first was? Yeah, so with my first, I was I decided to come see or to see a midwife and this was in hospital. I I mean, really I was happy with the care. I didn't know what not to be happy with. Um I really felt like now looking back, I'm just thinking like I wish that she had spent more time educating me on diet things and you know, she asked me, you know, what's your so what's your diet like? What do you eat for breakfast? And I told her well, I drink orange juice and eat eggs and have some toast. And she says, well, don't drink orange juice. It has too much sugar in it. So then the next morning I woke up and had, um, I had apple juice instead. Oh. And then, yeah. And so I didn't have really any good uh, counseling on my diet. And and I really thought that I should just eat whatever I wanted. And like, this is what I was supposed to do. And I would eat to the point of being uncomfortable because I thought like in pregnancy, you're supposed to just eat a lot. Like you're eating for two. This is so important. And, um, so that's what I did. And I gained quite a bit of weight in that pregnancy. And I was induced at 42 weeks with what the sonographer said was maybe a six pound baby. Hmm. So then at 42 weeks, I went into the hospital that evening, and they started, see, what do they do first? First, we did some Cervidil and a Foley bulb. After the Foley bulb and Cervidil, the next morning, they came in, and we kind of started Pitocin, and my midwife broke my water, and I cannot remember what I was dilated to or, like, those little particulars. I just... I didn't even know to care or ask or whatever. I was just trying to be a good patient and do whatever I was told to do. So that's what we did. And I labored for, it was a full 24 hours. And finally she started to come down. One little funny quirk that happened was that I had been laying on my back for so long and like my back was sore and I just felt like, like everywhere that was touching the bed was hurting So I kind of like sat the bed up and this nurse comes in and says, you need to lay down. You're like in the birthing position. 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I was just like, oh yeah, I better lay back down. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, know. She I must be right. Push. Yeah. So I lay down and anyway, so I start pushing and, um, I was just so exhausted and I was aware of like blood pressure stuff and noticing that my blood pressure was really dropping and, um, and I'm, you know, being coached to push and I am, and it just seems like so long went by with pushing and I didn't really feel like I was doing anything. I did get an epidural, so that's probably why, Mm. um, I didn't, I couldn't really feel what was going on. But so what I did feel was right when the midwife said the head is out, I started, I mean, she started like pulling on the baby, pulling on the baby. And I had no idea what was going on. Laid me. I mean, I'm already flat on my back. She throws my legs up in the stirrups and she starts pulling on the baby. And I really kind of blacked out. I don't have a great memory of what happened. Um, it seemed like so much time went by and so many people just kind of flooded the room and the nurses were like pushing on my belly. Like it looked like they're punching my belly mm-hmm. and I didn't understand. And I'm completely alone. I do see like my husband is standing on the other side of the room and he has like his hands on his head and this scared look on his face. And my sister's like crying. Um, it was really obviously scary for everyone, and I'm uh, I hear them like snip, snip an episiotomy, oh. and doctor comes in and he's he's shaking because he's pulling so hard on my baby, and she comes out and everyone just is like so cool. They're like, oh look at this baby, and look at these big hands, and oh she's a big one, and just you know talking, and I'm like, but what happened to me? Right. What, uh, heck just happened to me? What did I just go through? And I mean, no one asked me how I was doing or what. Um, I had nothing. I just really, I kind of thought that, well, yeah, that's what birth is, mm-hmm. right? Like I was, my legs were in the, I was screaming. I did it right. Oh, um, gosh. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what I thought until, I mean, that, that was a really hard delivery. Gosh. And what was the, what was your recovery like? And did you realize as you were recovering, like, Hey, I think I have some trauma from this or did that come later on with education? Mm, I can't say honestly that I took much trauma away from it. Like I kind of went through the experience and I don't know if I'm just, I kind of got over it and like, well, that's just what it was. And later on, like I, Three months later, I was pregnant again, and I was like, oh, man, I can't do that again. This time, I'm going to a better hospital. I'm going to have a male doctor, and I'm going to have the best anesthesiologist, and he's going to help me. I did understand that I had gestational diabetes, Mm -hmm. and so he's going to help me with that. We're going to get the center control. I'm going to have a smaller baby, and that's not going to happen again, and that's just kind of the attitude I had, and that's pretty much what happened. My second baby came at, he was 37 weeks, six days, my water broke. And, um, and when I was laying in bed and that morning, just kind of, I don't know, I think I had like one of those brand new smartphones that didn't even have like Facebook app on it yet, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm like laying in the bed and my water breaks and I go, 
oh my God, I need to get to the hospital. And so we go rushing, like we're flying down the road, like 80 miles an hour to get to the hospital because my water is broken. And I get there and I slam my hands on the desk and I'm look at the receptionist. I'm like, my water has broken. And she's like, so are you having contractions? No, but my shoes are squishy. It's time <laughs> to have my baby. And uh, what happened after that? So a little bit before that, we did do like exactly what I said. I was very happy with my doctor. Uh, his name is Dr. Schwartz in Kansas City. He is unfortunately retired, but he, I have found out later, like if you want to have, if you want to be respected and have your best chances at, at a vaginal birth, that's with Dr. Schwartz. Oh, and wow. he would like kind of back up the home birth midwives. He was very friendly. If you, if a home birth midwife did kind of transfer, transfer with a mom for whatever reason, he was very kind and would um, uh, actually discuss the situation with them and just kind of like, oh, I think you did a good job with this. And next time, if this happens, do this. So I just kind All of. Right being friendly with them. So that's great. That's um, so nice to have. Mm-hmm. But he's gone now. And oh. that's just other politics of, you know, the day that he had to resign, there were like all the doulas and the midwives and moms, they were like rallying outside of like protesting outside of the hospital. They were so upset that he was gone. But I think that I just kind of lucked out with that one. I found Dr. Schwartz and I was like, well, that's the one. And he did help me with my diet, and um, apparently he thinks all moms have gestational diabetes. So it just worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so interesting. <clears throat> well, and it's also interesting that you're – so first off, the fact that you had a 42-weeker and then a 37-weeker, holy cow, that's mm-hmm. a huge difference. And exactly. that on the ultrasound, they thought the baby – your first baby was going to be six pounds, and, and she ended up being how how much did she weigh? Oh, sorry. Nine, six. Yeah. Nine, six. Which isn't crazy. Like I've actually, I moved, I went on to have other big babies, but it mm-hmm. just had to be like, she wasn't really a healthy nine, six. Mm-hmm. This was like sugar. And, um, and she was like, um, she was posterior and not right. really in the best position to come out. And, and I was a primate. I mean, mm-hmm. we had yeah. some work First to do. Off. So yeah, it's hard. And then I always have to question, like, what if that was a dystocia at home? Would it have been as wild um, of an event? You well, know, yeah, I understand. I based off of you were on your back this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so, you know, the, the pelvis is so flat in that position. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I do wonder, like, maybe if I had been able to um, be on my hands and knees and had um, someone there to that was trained in resolving shoulder dystocias and moving the mom. There's actually a funny little song that I heard my home birth midwife sing later on. She was like, yeah, with well, the shoulder dystocia, if you can't move the baby, move the mama. If you can't move the baby, move the mama. So just kind of a fun thing. They were moving I the baby, that. not me. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. So yeah, second baby's born. He was, I mean, uh, he came pretty quickly. I mean, we started Pitocin so I wasn't having contractions and, um, and when it was time, it was just kind of time. Like I felt his head down there and I did get an epidural, but it did not take. Mm. So this kind of is what started this, you know, spiral of being where I'm at now. Um, the epidural did not take, I had a lot of pain in my back. We ended up just taking it out and saying, forget it. And I, really felt him descend. I felt his head like come down. I told the nurse, I was like, 
he's down there. And she was like, she was like, oh, okay, I'll check. And like, she picked up the blanket, she put it back down, she called the doctor and they all came in and he was born fairly quickly. But she was telling me the whole time, don't push, do not push, do not push. And I'm like, like, like I am spontaneously pushing. Right. Uh, as a midwife friend says, if, you know, if you're throwing up and someone's sitting there saying, don't throw up, stop right. throwing up. You have to stop throwing up. Yeah. Good luck with all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, so she was wanting you not to push because the doctors weren't in the room yet. Right. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Just making sure. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, um, he was born beautiful. I was so happy with that birth, had a great recovery. And, um, then two years later, I, I mean, after he was born, I started studying, learning more. I watched like the business of being born and I just started like loving birth and doing exactly what I said. Um, I did of looking into how I can help moms having babies. And, um, yeah. So when I found out I was pregnant two years later, I contacted, Oh, I did a doula workshop actually in St. Louis, um, which isn't far from Kansas city. I did a doula workshop. I met a girl there that was from Kansas city and, and she like posted on Facebook. I have, I met this girl from Kansas city and she's at the doula workshop with me. And this midwife was like, well, tell her to send me a friend request. And so that's what I did. I sent her a friend request and I like followed this home birth midwife. And I was thought it was so cool. All of her posts on Facebook, um, of like these birds that she's doing. And I just thought like, she's the coolest person. Like she delivers babies at home. This is awesome. If I ever get pregnant, she's going to be my midwife. And so, yeah, I contacted her and I was like, I'm going to have a baby and I want to have my baby at home with you. And, um, and she, she said, well, I'll see you at 12 weeks. My office is here and we scheduled that appointment. And so after that, I, was so excited to have a home birth, but I was feeling really sick and just like extra tired. And I even like, um, I kind of had like a real dizzy spell and, um, needed to like sit down and kind of blacked out for a minute. So I went to the hospital, had an ultrasound and there was twins. Oh my word. Yeah. <gasps> oh, this is, so this is pregnancy. Number three was twins. Yeah. Pregnancy okay. number three was twins. Wow. And from what I knew, um, my, I really, I mean, I had a, I did need to step back for a minute and I talked to this midwife and kind of consulted with her about things. And we just, I mean, it was really up to me to decide how to move on. And, um, and then hoping, I actually didn't think that she take me. You know, I was having twins for like who in the area would take me now that I was going to have twins. And do I even want to have twins at home? Is this the safest option? And, um, she really did a good job prenatally of talking to me about, you know, what kind of twins I'm having and just tell me like the next steps. Let's get an ultrasound. Uh, let first, let's see what kind of twins you're having. And we did that. Um, and they were dot eye twins. So two placentas, two sacs. Um, and we just kind of decided to take it like, almost like week by week. Let's see how things are going. And if I end up with a home birth in the end, um, that'd be great. But at any point that I needed to do something different, then we would need to consider that. Right now. So, okay. So you're doing your prenatal care with this midwife. Were you also seeing an OB at the same time, or did you just do prenatal care with the midwife and think, okay, well, if I need to go in for, you know, if I need to transfer, 
care, then I'll do that at that time. Yeah, I actually did go and consult with um, an OB and that just gave me even more confidence in my decision to have a home birth because he told me that it doesn't matter the position of the babies. It doesn't matter. Um, nothing really matters except that we get you in here for an induction at, at 36 weeks. And, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was it. So, so yeah, after that meeting with him, I was just like, well, that's it. You are not going to I mean, he was like, and if the first, ba- if both babies aren't head down, it's a C-section. And I'm just thinking like, well, you're not going to cut into my perfectly good uterus. We're not doing this. <laughs> um, yeah. So I actually had like the best pregnancy. It was, I felt amazing the whole time. Both babies were head down. Um, I was, I mean, I really considered a low risk twin pregnancy and, um, my, uh, I mean, we all know that with twin, like with a twin birth, like the, there are risks associated with that. And I really had to weigh all of those risks and understand that the biggest risk is to, um, the second baby. And, you know, just kind of went down the line of all the different situations that could happen and what, how that would affect the outcome. What uh, were some of the situations that your midwife spoke with you about that she said, you know, like, okay, and this could be, a, this could be a risk, this could be a risk, and this is what we would do in these situations. Like, what, what were your concerns that you were weighing out? Uh, well, definitely with twin B, we knew that baby, that A was head down and down there, not moving. Mm-hmm. Twin B, we knew, um, could be, um, with twin B, we had once the first baby is born, you just kind of run the risk of the second baby not being in a good pos- of a, in a good position and maybe coming, you know, footling and um, and if that happened, just depending like cord prolapse, um, cord. Um, I mean, if the baby's, I mean, if the water breaks, your babies could get um, kind of like the cords entangled or. That's not a big risk at all, really, with die-die twins of having two placentas and and two separate sacs. But right, uh, but yeah, just my understanding of that time was just like whatever is going to happen, my midwife can handle it, and you know we can get to the hospital and um, and really, like I said, with the fact that they were in their own sacs. The, I mean, cord entanglement was not really a big issue. If the second baby, if there was like a cord prolapse, even then I wasn't so concerned just because I've already had one baby come through. We can do a breach extraction. Like there's other, there's an option here right. for that second baby. And, um, and ultimately, I mean, I, ended, I carried them to 41 weeks. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, they did amazing. I did have uh, several biophysical profiles and everyone was doing fine. Um, And so, yeah, we moved on to 41 weeks. Um, Everyone, I mean, I definitely gave my midwife gray hair on that one, but I was (laughs) determined. Like, I did not want to do anything else and she wasn't concerned. And I was having, like I said, these regular biophysical profiles. So we moved on. (sighs) The night that, or the morning that I went into labor, but it's really fun. <laughs> it was not uncommon for me to wake up during the night and just like have some time of uh, being uncomfortable and going and sitting in the living room and kind of watching TV and, you know, just relaxing for a little bit. So I get up one night or one morning and get out of bed and kind of go in there and do that. And it's like 3 a.m. 
and I'm watching TV and I'm just feeling so uncomfortable. And I'm like, gosh, this is so weird. Like I am just so like tight everywhere, but it didn't really feel like labor. I, um, did have two, my, remember that my first two births were induced with Pitocin. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of waiting around for some Pitocin contractions and those did not come. I was like going and sitting on the toilet. Like I really needed to, like, I just needed to poop and my back is hurting. And so I did call my midwife. I'm like, I'm 41 weeks. If I call her out here for false labor, she'll forgive me. So she headed my way and I headed to the bathroom to like, I guess, labor on the toilet. It just didn't feel like what I was expecting. And so I'm like getting in the shower Um, my back was hurting so bad. So I just really wanted that like water to, I thought that it would help with the back labor a little bit. And that wasn't uncommon. Um, I had had that with my first two labors. And so there was a little bit of a hint that I was in labor, but yeah, so I'm in the shower and suddenly I realized that there's like a baby coming, like the head is right there and I need to get down. I need to turn this water off and like get down. And I like yell out for help. And my mom was spending the night with us that night to help with the children. Unless I went in case I went into labor and she was in the room right next to the bathroom. So I'm on the other side of the house from my bedroom where my husband and all my children are. And I'm on the other side of the house and my mom comes in. She's like, what's going on? Have you called your midwife? And she's just like yelling at me. And I'm like, (laughs) There's a baby coming. And so she like, she's like yelling for my husband. She's like, Sean, there's a baby coming. There's a baby coming. Sean, like she's yelling for help. And she comes in the bathroom, like right when the baby is. So she actually caught my first baby in my bath. Oh my word. And she reaches down, like she feels the head and she's like, okay, here comes, here, here comes your baby. And so the baby came out and I grabbed her and put her up on my chest. And thankfully my mom had called my midwife and she's on the phone with there on speakerphone. And I didn't even know that. But the next thing I hear is, okay, so back up a little bit. Baby's born. My mom kind of helps me pick her up to my chest and I sit back in the tub and she starts screaming immediately. <clears throat> and so my midwife is just like, is it a boy or a girl? Like, what else are you going to say? Baby's right. doing great. And, um, and she was just like pulling up in the driveway. So she's like, is it a boy or a girl? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And I reached down and felt that I had a little girl. And let's see. So is my husband, husband in the bathroom at this point? Not yet. Okay. So he comes out of the room and he thinks like someone's breaking in the house. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just like dazed. And he comes in. He's like, oh, the baby's here. I'll, I'll get the tub ready. Like, no, uh, we're not getting the tub ready. <laughs> you missed that part. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So then my midwife comes in a few minutes later and like she's kind of checking me out. She's And she's just like, I hear her going over this checklist in her mind and it's um, – really cool. And they kind of take the first baby for me and help me get out of the tub. Um, and she wanted to feel where the second baby was. And I knew that that was something that we were going to need to do. I was just having like really strong contractions though in the bathtub and I couldn't handle it. And so we needed to get me out and get me to the bed. And I'm trying like to crawl to my bedroom and 
I can't. So we end up going into the children's room and there's like a little twin bed in there and I make it in the room just like enough to get like my head and like my forearm on the bed and I'm on my hands and knees and I start pushing and like right when I start pushing, my midwife says, I can see feet. Oh, (laughs) so yeah, that got kind of interesting all of a sudden. And still I'm just pushing, like, I don't care what's coming out. It doesn't matter. I'm pushing the baby out. And I guess she felt the same way because there wasn't, I mean, no one really said much. Just like, I see feet, good work. And this is great. Everything looks good. You're in the perfect position. And so there I was on my hands and knees and I pushed out my footling breech baby in her sack. Whoa. Yeah. Yep, she came out, and I remember, like, sitting up and looking down. She's like, pick up your baby, and she's screaming, and I look down, and there she is. Like, I can still see it absolutely perfect today, like the Chuck's pad and everything. Um, I see little Zoya is her name. She's baby B. I had Shamaya was first, and then Zoya, and I look down, and I see that baby, and I pick her up. I'm just like, whoa, that was crazy, and that was so cool. Like, that was amazing. I can't believe I just said that. Oh my word. Well, okay. So when you're pushing out baby B, you said you've got your, your, were you kind of kneeling at the bed? Yeah. Like one arm, my left arm was on the floor and then my right forearm was on the bed and then I'm on my knees. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so footling breach, the baby's coming out. What happened as what did, did she just kind of come out in one push or was it more of a like body body comes out and then your midwife Did she do any maneuvers? What was that like? Nope. She said that everything was perfect. And I actually thought that she was turning the baby. I thought that I felt her like turning the baby, but she just did it all on her own perfectly. (laughs) And she came out and had came out. She probably did. You know, I should have asked her, did she kind of like when the head was there, like, what did she do? I didn't even think about asking her that. And, but I probably should. I mean, but a lot of times midwives, you know, when it's a breach, it's like the whole thing is like hands off, like mm-hmm. hands off the breach, let the baby do its own thing. So there really might not have been anything yeah. that she did, but, um, but wow. So it was a, what it was a pretty quick, like one or two contractions or it, so it wasn't like a long pushing phase with her. No, no, no. It was just kind of one on top of another. I don't even know that there was a break. She was wow. coming and I'm like pushing and pushing and, um, Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. Okay, so what what did they weigh at 41 weeks? Yeah, they were 710 and 712. Nice. That's so incredible. Mm-hmm. Good, healthy, robust babies. They were. They're amazing. They're four years old now. Wow. What a cool story. So what was your postpartum experience like that? What happened after the twins were born? Any complications or was it smooth sailing? There. I mean, I bled quite a bit afterwards. And I did understand that that was going to be a risk too. And, um, I bled quite a bit. So, but we all managed that all at home and got the placentas out, got my uterus clamping down, stopped that bleeding and, you know, nursing the babies. Uh, Yeah, that all went really well. So the only real obstacle, well, there were a lot of obstacles postpartum, like newborn twins, just like, um, after you lose um, quite a bit of blood, you're kind of weak and not not your best. It doesn't feel great. You're really weak afterwards. And so being like new mom of twins was very hard. I would say that postpartum, like the first two weeks, were like two very busy um, – it was very busy 
and not hard in the sense of like, oh, I can never do that again, but challenging. Um, it worked though. It was just like a lot of hard, busy work. But once we all got really good at nursing and figuring this whole thing out, it's like we became a little team and mm-hmm. figured it out. But there were many times where I was like, I wish that there was just someone here. Like I'd be sitting in the bed nursing one baby. And I was like, if there was just someone here to hand me that one over there, I would be yep. fine. And yeah, I'm trying to get both babies latched on and going. And then, you know, cause if one unlatches, then you have to unlatch the other one to get that one back on. And yeah. So postpartum oh, was like that. I, I can't even, yeah, that, I mean, nursing one baby postpartum can be exhausting doubling that and wow yeah you are a superstar for sure thanks wow I sure felt like it afterwards yep oh man gosh that is such an incredible story Rhiannon so what what happened next did you have your next baby right you there's one more birth story after this correct yeah one that just kind of ties into it of like you know the wild things about you know your birthing location like where your planned birthing location is and um you know really you know making the best decision for you and maybe not having the outcome you want and even though like I had been such a I mean, I just felt very triumphant. Like, I'm a great birther. I had twins at home after two very wild hospital births, and yeah. um, I can do anything. Oh, now I'm pregnant with a singleton baby. Um, how, how old were the twins? They were they were about two years old, and I found out that I was pregnant with my fifth, who was a huge surprise. I mean, she just really <laughs> came out of nowhere. <laughs> and, of course, I was like, I'm going to have another home birth. There's... And this time I'm going to have a water birth. We're going to get that tub ready and I'm going to get in it this time. And, and I'm ready for this. And by this point, like I had been going, um, I had been doing lots of doula work and actually, uh, kind of studying as a student midwife quite a bit. So I was very familiar with the birth, with the birth process and, and just had no question. Like I'm a home birth mom now I'm doing this. And so we got, did normal preparations and had normal prenatal care, um, great healthy pregnancy I ate well and did I mean I did everything that I could do that I knew how to do correctly um with number five she I carried her to 41 weeks and I was so ready to have her just so ready to have this this baby that we knew was going to be our last um Hmm. Let's see. I don't think there's anything else I can say about, you know, the prenatal care or what I was doing, Mm -hmm. but I went, so for a little while I had been having nights of kind of waking up like, Oh, I'm in labor. They're like seven minutes, five minutes apart. And then like, they just fizzle out Mm -hmm. and they would even get pretty strong and still just fizzle out. Um, that happened for several weeks And then one day, I was having contractions all day, 10 minutes apart. They were coming. They were getting stronger, uh, longer, closer together. And by that evening, I I mean, they stopped. I couldn't believe it that they stopped because that was absolutely early labor. But they did. So I went to bed um, at 10 o'clock. And I woke up at like 2 a.m. and felt a big gush of water and was having you know, pretty strong, 
um, more like kind of like sporadic still contractions were pretty sporadic and more like in the lower segment of my uterus. It wasn't like my whole uterus, like it had been like sitting up, clamping down and, you know, doing what it's supposed to be doing. This was like in my low, like a period cramp. Mm. And, um, so I get up and I'm so excited. I'm like, okay, I'm calling my midwives and I'm like trying to call them like, okay, wait, I'm going to get up, go to the bathroom, see what color the fluid is. Um, and I get up, I go in the bathroom and I could not believe my eyes when I saw lots of bright red blood, just like totally soaked, saturated through my underwear, dripping on the floor, down my legs. And I just called my midwife and I was like, I'm bleeding a lot. I knew exactly what it was. I was like, I'm really scared. I can't move and I'm, I I just can't move. And, um, they lived very close to me and came right over and I didn't, I didn't want to go in yet. I was very hopeful that, okay, maybe I'm like almost complete. Maybe baby's right there and I can just push this baby out and get this over with. And, um, I didn't really discuss that with my midwives, but that was kind of like my, hopes and dream my plan when I saw that and but I did come into the room and I was like Shauna I'm I'm bleeding talking to my husband I'm bleeding a lot and he was like so should I get the tub ready (laughs) that's just been like a baby (laughs) yeah like the first baby was born you know like with the twins he's like should I get the tub ready no like Sean I was like that is such a dad thing though (laughs) it's like totally my husband (laughs) well and he said that I'm like no Sean I'm gonna have a c-section I'm going this isn't gonna be what I want it to be. I'm bleeding. It's like, what does this mean? I'm like, just, just wait. And so the first midwife came in, got me on my bed, got me on my bed, like did a vaginal exam. And, and here I am just thinking like, okay, please be right there. Come on, baby, just be right there. And she's like, you're a five and baby's really high. Mm. And the second midwife comes in and I have a contraction and I'm just like, I start like kind of pouring blood. Yeah. So like up to the hospital, my husband got left behind. (laughs) The twins woke up and he had to like go take care of them. And so he kind of got left behind, but we were out the door and on the way to the hospital, I'm just kind of like with every time I have a contraction, I can feel all this blood running down my leg, uh, legs and just filling my pad. And I had to just kind of step back for a minute and Tried it my best to just like, okay, you know what's happening here. It's time to surrender. This is what is meant to, this is what's going to happen. I'm going, you're going to have a C section and you're going to have an okay, your baby's going to be okay. Um, we get to the hospital and still blood's just pouring down my leg. Like we're going through the ER, up to labor and delivery. And um, it's just seemed to happen, you know, pretty quickly. Of getting up there, the doctor comes in right away and like puts the ultrasound on. It's like, yes, you're having an abruption. So an abruption is when your placenta is releasing before the baby is born. When really it should be like baby first, then the placenta, um, and hopefully very minimal bleeding. Right. Um, but I was I was just like steady hemorrhaging, and I lost um, like 600 cc's of blood before I got there, or mLs also blood before I got there. And a hemorrhage is like considered, um, at about 500, Mm -hmm. um, you would consider that a hemorrhage or really how mom's responding to it. Uh, I, I 
um, someone that I guess can handle quite a bit of blood loss <laughs> because I was still like alert and I'm awake. I'm not, ha- I don't feel faint at all. I'm walking around and I'm just like, um, ready to do this. And I'm just thinking like, I'm so grateful that I have this option yeah. because there's lots of places that don't have that option too. I mean, lots of other places around the world where you don't have the option mm-hmm. to go in and have, you know, this life-saving procedure done and have a healthy baby. Absolutely. So that's where I was in that moment. And I, I knew that I might not feel that way later, but that's what was keeping me okay then just being grateful and, you know, grieving a home birth is one thing, but grieving the loss of your baby, it's completely different. Absolutely. So yeah, she came out. I thought I was having a boy the whole time, the whole pregnancy. Welcome to my world. <laughs> yep. That is exactly what I thought with mine. The ultrasound said like, you're going to have a boy. So that's what I thought. And then like, oh my I'm, gosh, the ultrasound said yeah. it. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, they're like willing me for my C-section and um, they're like, and this one, she's like, oh, she's beautiful. She's great. And I just woke up and I was like, when I, oh, generally anesthesia. So I was out and I do have, so just one little thing that I even like kind of tell my doula clients this too, or like anyone that's going to have need to have a C-section, um, especially if you're a 10 or whatever, if you're going back and you, you know, and this is something that they're obviously not wanting, ask to be checked one more time because I felt so, so pushy oh, when, yeah. I, when I was on the table and they're getting ready to put me out. And I, my only regret, why didn't I ask to just be checked one more time? Because what if I, I mean, there's all, a million what ifs attached right, of course. to this. Like, what if I had done this in, in pregnancy? What if I had done that? But ultimately, for abruption, there are no tried and true re- risk factors for it. Yep. Anyone can have one. Mm-hmm. Um, it can happen during pregnancy. It can happen in labor. And, and granted, it's very rare. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But yeah, it's the 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 knowledge of like, oh, is it's not like you can say, oh, well, you have this symptom and this symptom and this symptom. So an abruption is more likely, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can even have like a partial abruption and it closes, you know, and it heals back and it's no big deal. But yeah, there's many. I um, The doctor said that I was about 70 percent abrupted. So most oh, of the wow. placenta had released yeah. and she would not have been OK had we continued on. Yep. Sure. That is, yeah, just my big, like my big takeaway of all of this is, I mean, I grieved that birth. Like it was hard for me as a birth worker and I follow all of these like, um, accounts on Instagram and Facebook of just all these beautiful birth videos. And I was like truly angry mm-hmm. that, I mean, I was angry like or jealous is the word. I mean, the first time in my life that I've ever felt like that I had ever felt like true envy was seeing someone have a beautiful birth yet I would have been devastated for them if they had had a C-section. So it's just part of the grieving process. I think to under like, this is my, this is what I'm feeling. I'm being honest with myself and you know, here I am later on, I'm totally able to talk about it. And even, um, you know, if I ever had to support a mom that might be going through that, I'd feel good about that and ready to, um, educate them and help them make decisions along the way. That's good for them. So there it is. Yeah. That's amazing, Rhiannon. And, and, you know, that's something that I feel like is so important for, for moms to hear and understand, especially if they've had something similar 
happened to them. I have a family member that had a, a placental abruption and she was planning for a birth center birth. And, you know, of course, of course it didn't happen that way, but you are allowed to grieve, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you can be so happy that your baby is here and your baby is healthy. And yes, thank God. That is the number one thing on everybody's mind is that you're healthy and your baby is healthy. But if you lost something that you wanted, you're allowed to grieve. And that is totally oh, yeah. reasonable. Yeah. And you need to, and if you're not start, <laughs> get mm-hmm. to grieving. It's the, it's the way to get, through things if you're not grieving. Wow. That's Me a, too. that's such a great point. Well, so, so that was, that was final baby. Mm-hmm. Final baby. And yeah. And I used to be a little bit insecure about it, but now I'm happy to say that we're, we're done. Oh no. Yeah. When, when you're done, you're done and that's great. And you've got a beautiful family that, that you've experienced so many different types of birth with. That's so incredible. It is. Wow. What a story, Rhiannon. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I I love the fact, like I said, that you have experienced so many types of births. I know that just makes you such an asset as as a doula. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. I feel, yeah, thanks so much for having me. What an incredible interview. Man, so as we head into this episode roundup, I am really thinking about one very clear aspect. And that is how Rhiannon was really able to determine as a grown adult woman autonomously what was a true emergency and what was not. So in the medical community, oftentimes twin birth is perceived as a true emergency. Whereas certainly, you know, there can be more complications when it comes to having a twin birth, but Rhiannon felt comfortable with it and felt that that was something that her body was going to be able to do. She found a midwife who had been trained and was able to perform twin births. So she decided to, to do that at home. And then with her next birth, she truly recognized, yep, this is the time that I go in. This is the time that I need a C-section. And thank goodness for obstetricians, you know, thank goodness for the hospital at a moment like this. So her ability to determine true true time for help um, really rings clear and, and that is just incredible to see. Um, so if you guys have ever experienced anything like that, I do want to to extend my sympathies to you because I know that it doesn't always work out perfectly. It doesn't always work out the way that we want it to. And sometimes, you know, things just happen. And that's when it's so amazing that there are healthcare professionals that are able to really help with, with dire situations. Um, so remember that it's something that does need to be processed. And that is a a traumatic experience or it can be. And if you have experienced that, please, please work through that with a therapist or, you know, if you feel comfortable doing it on your own, you know, just make sure that you are really, really working through all of what happened and that you can really process it. Um, so that's just my two cents on that. But what a great episode, Rhiannon. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us. I know you guys had to have loved it just like I did. Um, and if you are loving this show and would like to support it, head on over to patreon.com forward slash happy home birth. Um, it's not free to produce this show. So um, any help is 
really tremendous for me. And I am really looking forward to extending more and more offerings for you guys um, and giving you more free content as well as I, you know, begin posting more on Facebook and through email and on Instagram. Um, you can kind of catch me anywhere. So thank you all so much. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you back here next week.